Chapter Twenty of Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bird's Eye Views of Far Lands by James T. Nichols. Chapter Twenty: A Land of Great Industries, Brazil. You could take a map of the whole United States, lay it down on Brazil and still have room for England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Denmark, and Switzerland left. Walk around Brazil, and you have traveled a distance equal to two-thirds of a journey around the globe. If every man, woman, and child in the United States were placed in Mato Grosso, the state in Brazil where Roosevelt discovered the River of Doubt in 1914, that state would not have as many people to the square mile as England has at this moment. If all the people on earth were placed in Brazil, the population of that country would not be as dense as that of Belgium today. Brazil could produce enough rubber to supply the whole world with automobile tires for generations, and never have to plant another rubber tree to do it, that is, of course, if all her rubber forests could be utilized. From a single Brazilian port is shipped one-fourth of all the coffee used in the whole world. In a single Brazilian state, there are 10,000 coffee plantations that have more than 50,000 trees each, and 600 of them have more than 100,000 trees each. Brazil might be called the jewel box of the world. Her diamond fields rivaled those of South Africa. Her mines produced a single stone that sold for $15 million. One writer says, Of all the fabulous tales related of Bonanza princes, the palm for extravagance belongs to the early mining days of Brazil, when horses were shod with gold, when lawyers supported their pleadings before judges with gifts of what appeared at first sight to be oranges and bananas, but proved to be solid gold imitations, when guests were entertained at dinner with pebbles of gold in their soup, and when nuggets were the most convenient medium of exchange in the money market. Would you like to go nutting? Brazil has the greatest groves on earth. Some of these nut trees grow to a height of a hundred and fifty feet, and have a girth of twenty feet, fifty feet up from the ground. A single tree is said to produce as many as three tons of nuts during a season. In the trees of Brazil are found sixteen hundred species of birds. There are parrots galore, and sixty-five varieties of woodpeckers have been catalogued. One family of birds in Brazil are said to be devout Christians, as they never work but six days in the week. One would naturally suppose that in Brazil the weather would be extremely hot as the equator runs across the great Amazon valley. But the nights are cool and sunstroke is unknown. Frost can be seen in the highlands at certain times in the year. While fevers rage in parts of the land, yet most of the country is conducive to good health. The very dangerous parts of the Amazon valley are limited to certain parts of the country. Some years ago, at a contest in Paris between 1,200 children, the first prize for healthy appearance was given to a boy born in Manaus of Amazonian parents. 
This city is in the very heart of the jungle in the Amazon Valley. There is one authenticated case of a man in this valley who lived to be 145 years old. In the dense forests of the uplands of Brazil, there are people who are living in the Stone Age of culture. They are practically wild tribes who know nothing about the use of metal. In fact, they know but little about civilization. They are said to be ignorant of common food, such as bananas and rice. They seem to have no idea of a supreme being, believe in a soul that goes wandering about after death. In some parts of Brazil, rice is cultivated quite extensively, and it makes a cheap food. It is said that in one place, a man from Louisiana is running an experimental rice farm, showing the Brazilian farmers how to cultivate Japanese rice. Rather strange, isn't it, that United States farmers should be teaching the Brazilian farmers Japanese agriculture? A peculiar thing about the land of Brazil is the absence of earthworms. In our country, these worms improve the physical condition of the soil, but there this lack is made up by the multiplied millions of ants that burrow down deep into the earth. In our country, too, the chemical changes of winter help prepare the soil for the coming crops. But in Brazil, there is no winter season when the land sleeps, and it does not seem to be necessary. While in the great rubber industry of Brazil, the trees grow and produce with but little, if any, cultivation, this is not true of the coffee trees. They have to be cultivated and carefully looked after. Insect pests that are so destructive to coffee trees in many countries are almost absent in Brazil, and this fact has not a little to do with making this the greatest coffee country in the world. In the state of São Paulo, almost the entire energies of the people are absorbed in the coffee industry. The state is a little larger than Colorado, and is the most powerful state of the twenty that make up the United States of Brazil. The name of the capital is the same as that of the state, and the city of São Paulo is about as large as St. Paul, Minnesota. It is noted for its beauty and industry. The climate is delightful, always cool, but never freezing cold. With more than 100 elementary schools, besides numerous high schools and colleges, it is perhaps the greatest educational center of the country. Near this city is the largest coffee plantation in the world. It contains something like 8 million trees, and takes about 8,000 people to run it. This one plantation produces 20 million pounds of coffee annually, and there are 30 railroad stations upon it. A well-kept coffee tree is about 12 feet high when full-grown. The leaves are a shiny green, a little like holly. The trees bloom in September and fill the air with fragrance. As the white blossoms fade, the berries begin to form. May is the harvest time. Harvest hens come in large numbers, as they do in Kansas or the Dakotas during the wheat harvest. Workmen are paid according to the amount they gather, and some of them gather fifty pounds a day. The coffee berries are first stripped from the tree, then raked and piled into baskets. Next, they are run through a machine that takes the bean out of the covering, then into tanks of water, where they are thoroughly washed, 
and then comes the drying process. It used to take weeks to get the coffee beans well dried, and men had to watch and keep stirring the piles continually, but quite recently a new process was discovered by which they are dried by steam. After the coffee beans are thoroughly dried, they are run through rollers that break the skin covering and great ventilators blow the chaff away. Then the beans are poured into a gigantic sieve with different sized holes, which are shoots in reality, and from which endless streams of coffee graded according to size run into a large room. At each stream stand women who pick out imperfect or damaged grains. The coffee is then sacked and is ready for shipment. The ordinary bag of coffee weighs about 120 pounds. Santos is the great coffee port, and here can be seen ships from every civilized land taking on cargoes of coffee. If it is well kept, coffee gets better with age, so it can be piled in great warehouses for months or even years and not deteriorate. Nearly a dozen million bags of coffee are shipped from Santos annually, and as we are the greatest coffee drinkers in the world, about half of the entire crop comes to us. Formerly, many of the coffee plantations were worked by slaves. Negroes were brought from South Africa as they were brought to work in the cotton fields in the South in anti-slavery days. In the year 1888, Brazil freed her slaves, and the sudden freeing of half a million slaves almost demoralized the coffee and sugar industries of the country. Many of these Negroes thought that freedom meant that they would never have to work any more, and they became loafers and often criminals. Of course, thousands of them drifted to the great centers of population, and Brazil has had and is still having her share of race troubles. Many of the workers on the coffee plantations at present are Italians. They come in large numbers to work on these estates. Each family is given a certain number of trees to look after. Sometimes a single family will take care of several thousand trees. They have to do a lot of hoeing and weeding. The soil is almost red, and these workmen take on largely the color of the soil as their faces and clothes are stained with red dust and water. Families are furnished houses to live in, and they live their own lives as if they were in their home country. After coffee and rubber comes sugar. For many years Brazil furnished more sugar than any other country. Now there are a half dozen countries ahead of her in the production of sugar. This is largely accounted for not so much because of inability to produce as because of the antiquated methods in use. There are places in the country where it is said that the same variety of sugar has been grown for two hundred years and that without any attempt on the part of the planters to restore the soil. One of the first things ever exported from Brazil was tobacco. This weed has been grown there ever since the country was discovered. Modern methods of culture are now being used, so more of it will be produced than ever. They say, too, that Brazil produces as fine a quality of tobacco as Cuba. Cotton is also produced in large quantities. The Brazilians are an interesting people. I like them. They are always courteous and polite. Men often tip their hats to each other and kiss each other's hands. In Rio de Janeiro, nearly everyone is well-dressed. The women are good-looking. 
the brazil people are more friendly than any other south american people the language except among the italians and other foreigners is largely portuguese while in practically all other south american countries the people speak spanish although brazil has millions of acres of the best timber in the world i never saw a wooden building in their great capital city in rio nearly every automobile factory in the united states is represented in this land of rubber they have no manufacturing plants to utilize it wages for common laborers are low and yet the people only work part of the time in coaling a ship the men will work like beavers for a couple of hours and then sit down and smoke and talk as long and no urging them to work seems to do any good one can make a living there with half the work it takes here and that is all they care for the brazilians have some odd customs people always carry their burdens on their heads baskets as large as barrels are carried in this way without a bit of trouble they say that four men will carry a heavy piano on their heads but i never saw them moving one on almost every street there are vendors of sweetmeats vegetables brooms baskets and furniture i saw one vendor with two dozen brooms a dozen mops two chairs and a lot of other truck on his head he had the chairs hooked on the brooms baskets on the chairs and a lot of other stuff piled up so that he looked like a moving express wagon streets in brazilian cities are often named for days or months i noticed one of the prominent streets in rio named thirteenth of september another fifteenth of november rio de janeiro means river of january i never saw a chimney in the city yet the streets and many of the houses are washed every night everything is shining they seem to have a wonderful appreciation of beauty and never in any other city in the world have i seen more beautiful or artistic shop windows everybody seemed to be in a good humor policemen are small of stature but they direct the street traffic in the most wonderful way everybody smiles and there is no loud talking or drunkenness the national drink is coffee and there are coffee shops with tables and cups everywhere men often drink a cup or two of coffee a dozen times a day there are hundreds of coffee shops in rio of course liquor is sold in many places but it is mostly drunk by foreigners i never saw a brazilian drinking liquor in their capital city End of chapter twenty